This episode is sponsored by The Jordan Harbinger Show. Jordan dives into the minds of fascinating people, from athletes, authors, and scientists to mobsters, spies, and hostage negotiators, all with the noble cause to make you a more informed, critical thinker to operate better in today's world. Jordan's also got a fun weekly segment, Feedback Friday, where he covers advice on everything from escaping a cult or psycho family situations to relationships and networking to even just asking for a raise. Point blank, Jordan Harbinger is smart, funny, and easy to listen to. You'll be pressed to find an episode without excellent conversation, a few laughs, and actionable advice that can directly improve your life. You can't go wrong with adding The Jordan Harbinger Show to your rotation. It's incredibly interesting. There's never a dull show. Search for The Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Dum Dums 2099, where improvisers who've never roleplayed before journey into a futuristic world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Grand Wizard Bukake, your host. Alan, Declan, and Honor System have made a plan and are heading to Mechfest. But can they trust House Duerden and their other allies to strike on time? Will the droid controlling program the Prodigals gave them actually work? And will Alan be able to sexually murder Adonis Typhus? Find out next on Dum Dums and Dragons. 2099. The day of MechFest has arrived. This is a day that throughout 2099 Faerun is a day of excitement, great stress, great uh, anxiety for a lot of the companies who have spent all year trying to one-up each other and one-up themselves. Again, I mentioned this earlier, but really lean into that idea of a major tech convention. But if you're Samsung, you're like, oh God, I got to make something that's as good as this crazy thing. So... In this example, Typhus is Apple. Everyone else are the Samsungs and the Huaweis and everybody else desperately trying to make things that are as good. And the worst part of that is having to reveal them at an event run by Apple, which is kind of what's going on. <laughs> so each of you had a very different kind of night. There was some reflection. There was some rest. There was some learning. But all of you have awoken with a singular purpose, which is to infiltrate MacFest, kill Grace and Typhus, ideally kill Adonis Typhus, take out as many house members as you can, locate the stack, and then eventually go and destroy that. But today isn't about the stack. Today is about decapitating the snake who sat at the top of one of the largest corporations, as well as the conglomerate itself for so long. Particularly for Honor System, having kind of been born of Typhus technology and having to wage wars on their behalf and commit atrocities on their behalf. It's not a hot vengeance, but there is something to this idea of you were created to do the thing that haunts you. It's something that must be done. Yeah. And Declan, on the other end of the spectrum, you and your entire squad, all the people you relied on and that you fought with and bled with, fell to terrible orders. And Grace and Typhus was not the only person to blame, but definitely the root cause of this great tragedy and, and others like it. So both of you have a damn good reason to put this guy in the ground. And no better place to do it than at essentially his company birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, for you, even though this isn't your world, you have to some extent settled into it, both with your friendship with Declan and Honor System, but also for someone who kind of is born of curiosity and excitement and interest to get to experience a whole world where history took a different course, I think, is, is something quite extraordinary. Mm -hmm. And to know that one man has a stranglehold on this world is is not great. And you've seen yep. the effects that's had on Faerun with multiple people, multiple tyrants kind of here and there. 
but rarely have you had the chance to stop one. And I think if your intent is to return home to Dumfeyrun, it would haunt you forever if you left 2099 in the state it's in, particularly if you left Declan and Honor System in kind of the dire straits of trying to fight a, a monster too big for them and ultimately too complex to be defeated by a simple gun or sword. So all three of you have a pretty big task ahead of you, but also one that I think all of you have enough personal motivation to want to do, not just professionally, but kind of for either the greater good, your personal good, or to avenge the fallen. Hearing like Atrix talk about like how they like want to leave. Shit, future should be better. Particularly for someone who studies magic to just find a world that's devoid of the thing that you find most enriching and empowering that no one else will ever get to have the experience you did when you first kind of felt the spark of magic fly through mm-hmm. you is is pretty rough. And knowing how much Butthole loves Moonhammer and the fact that no one here can have that is is also kind yeah. of rough. So the three of you wake up, you're in your, your stash house. We haven't talked specifically about what your plan of entry is. I'm going to say Alan knows enough roughly from her Tiffany time to kind of have a sense of what the entry procedure was supposed to be. That said, yeah. in the days since Typhus cut you off, you're not entirely sure what may have changed. Mm-hmm. I guess what I'd like to kick things off is A, anything you want to get done in preparation for the mission. We'll say entry begins at, say, 11 a.m., We'll say we're at 8 a.m. right now, so you've got a little bit of time. I'd like to hear what your plan of entry is and kind of what your plan on the ground is so that we can kind of plan from there. All right, so here's a question for you, Alan, from what you knew of the plans beforehand. The major figures coming in, I know there'll be security at the event, but are people Mm -hmm. able to bring their own bodyguards with weapons and such, or are they all locked down completely? I'm going to guess not weapons. It's one of those things where the weapons will have to be checked. Um, and stored just because there's way too much value in this room that they don't want to risk any yeah. type of, you know. It's a little bit like bringing a gun into a gun store to rob a gun store. Yeah. So yes, weapons will be locked up. That doesn't disclude the idea of smuggling or attempting to smuggle weapons through. Mm-hmm. But yes, there will be no open carry. But like personal security is expected. Honor system, you're kind of a complicated special model that we build things into. I'm wondering, do you think we could take apart and open up honor system a little bit and just like stow some different pieces of guns inside honor system so we could like open his chest later and I could bin Frederick? Do you think that's possible? How tight are the scans, if you had to guess? Um, great question. I mean, they... Mm. Alan, why don't you go ahead and roll me a check? Yeah. Uh, we're going to say this is a security check. So roll 2d6 and add one, please, for just kind of your knowledge of... I don't think security was really your purview, but you probably saw it at some point. Mm-hmm. Seven. Alan, you mostly know from the floor plan layouts. The trade floor. There you go. Yes. That there are body scanners at each doorway that said the expected traffic is so high that think of it almost like a professional sports game. There Mm. are scanners, but they're not like airport scanners. They're not going to give you like the full 3D pat down. It's mostly just we need to get a lot of people through very quickly and efficiently, but we still need to make sure there's a modicum of safety. Basically like, do you have anything in your pockets? Please remove your cell phones. Put them in this. So the odds of smuggling things in on honor system are, I'd say, medium. Largely because the challenge you have is he is a typhus droid. So if anything is wrong, it's more obvious. That said, it isn't outside the realm to see a modified droid. So not a guaranteed way in, but also not Mm -hmm. an impossible way in. Okay, that's an interesting idea. And I imagine they're bringing in iPals and that kinds of thing. So you think you could bring Barbin with you? Oh, yeah. Oh, good. I shined myself up overnight. I also had an adventure. (laughs) It wasn't on air. All right, so we got the idea. (laughs) 
I bring it in stuff that way. Does anybody else have any ideas? Because I think we could probably smuggle in some things, mm-hmm. try between, you know, bourbon sherbet and our friend honor system over here. One thing I can add, I guess, that's probably of use is, Alan, in your kind of looking over personnel, you know that there are a lot of typhus droids meant to be on patrol, but there are also a lot of humanoid security forces. So there is a possibility of overwhelming one of them and stealing their gear. It's not just droids with, like, gun arms, Ooh. if that makes any sense. Okay, so we can hurt people and steal shit. We can, yes. I mean, we can get a quick look and see where security might be weakest. Honor system, should we see if we can hide anything in you that won't stand out too much, or should we just go and try to have you punch some people in the face and give me a gun? Why not both? So here's a question for you, Tyler. Is Legion, given that it's built of other weapons and pieces of metal, is it disassemblable or is it forged? No, it's forged. Okay. So what is your plan to get Legion on site? Since I am a Typhus Samurai bot, are they still in use? Are they still... Currently, yes. Yes. I was thinking I could just wear it on me and then by subduing a guard or something like that, get whatever uniform or markings I need to look like an up-to-date Typhus Samurai robot. I can go in as your guard and then mm-hmm. I guess you can steal us a gun. That might give me more access. Okay. So mm-hmm. I go in my tuxedo on our system... <laughs> No tucks for you. <laughs> I like the tuxedo. I, I think it is very becoming. Then we're going to have to roll the dice. If they're all in tuxedos, you can keep yours. But if they're not, then you got to wear what they're wearing. I understand. Fingers crossed for tuxedos, though, buddy. You do look great. Thank you. <laughs> Alan, is there anything you need hidden inside Mr. Sherbert? Like, do you need um, a gun? I mean, you're sort of a cannon on your own. I won't need a gun. I highly doubt there's going to be magic suppression anywhere around. That would really surprise me. Well, it, and bet. we'll give you a, a genetic profile of Tiffany Rathburn, who's non-magical, mm-hmm, so they won't know you have mm-hmm. it. Uh, do you think you could carry a cane or something, milady, just through the doors? A classy cane. Wonderful. Sure. I'd like to fashion a cane we can hide the long barrel and other things from Frederick in that for you. We can keep some other parts in honor system. And then I'll fix my scope and the rounds up in Bourbon Sherbert because those things are basically all a high critical functioning reactor car. I will enjoy having those for a bit. There is one other thing that we have not considered that I would like to raise to the Midnight Society. That is you. I like the name. Uh, (laughs) The new future. And then our secret internal name. The Midnight Society. Very good. Well, here is a story for you. Tiffany Rathburn has a very specific eye pal. I have been practicing. He's a real dick. But in order to properly act as her eye pal, I must take on his persona. Does that mean you'll, like, betray us? No, it just means that you will have to put up without my cool, nice, friendly Rupert demeanor. You know what? I feel like you've earned the privilege of being an asshole, but it's not my Mm -hmm. call. Alan, you're the only one who can give any permissions. I'm also going to be an asshole when I'm Tiffany, so oh, good. you deserve it. We will be quite a pair. All right, so uh, <laughs> let's fashion this gear pretty fucking quick. <laughs> All right, so you know what question I got for you? What's your montage song? Live to Win <laughs> by oh, the boy. lead singer of Kiss. Have you ever heard that one? Yeah. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> in like a modern day, it would be like us in a quarry, like doing huge, terrifying, like welding work. But in this one, a lot of it's like tiny circuit boards and like gently <laughs> taking a part of leg just like softly unscrewing in the barrel yeah okay was there anything else any of you wanted to do for preparation oh just get me in there i got a question for you on like a sniper scale tom because i don't know if this is possible but in many franchises that are sci-fi there's the chance of building like hot shot rounds where they burn through a mag faster and do more damage but you get fewer shots with them 
do those exist in this realm knowing we're going up against like mechs and bulletproof windows and shit? There's definitely anti-vehicle rounds and that sort of thing. Um, heavy weapons are traditionally what you use to pierce the vehicle armor because most vehicles in this world and mechs are almost impenetrable. Think like World War II if you're fighting a tank. So generally speaking, yes. The way we might treat that is using your contacts with the twists. They can smuggle you a clip of heavy rounds. We'll say that gives you five shots. Great. Rather than having a clip that depletes quicker, it's literally five incendiary rounds that are meant to, to punch holes and things. Great. But that said, if you do think you're going to be going up against any mechs or robots, having heavier weapons than laser rounds is probably necessary. Yeah, I don't think there's a way for us to realistically smuggle those in. Keep in mind, MechFest is also like a weapons expo, so the odds of finding gear on site are pretty high. They just will also be prototypical weapons, so they might not work, and they will also be heavily guarded. Got it. What do you need rolled for prep, Tom? Just use stress, I think. Normally we'd use this on site, but... Oh, no, that makes sense, yeah. Ryan and Tyler, you both still had five stress. Yep. All yep. right. So let's knock two off of honor system and four off of Declan. Perfect. And Laura, since you aren't hiding anything on anyone, um, mm-hmm. I'm going to say that you're fine. But you also, I think, burned all yours down. Yeah. Becoming the events coordinator. <laughs> yeah, that is. That was, that was a lot of stress. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Next, <laughs> ne- next time you're back as Juniper, that's going to cost her five stress, too. Yeah. <laughs> So before you set off, you receive a package from Freddie, who wanted to make sure that you were as well equipped for this as you could be. Um, I don't think you've shared the full details with him, but I think he kind of knows enough. And generally speaking, I think now that you guys have kind of established the new future as, as a thing, when your crew is putting together stuff, you kind of put out a call for assistance and what, what have you to your contacts. So in the same way that you got the high velocity rounds, he delivers two hacking packages. So one that will upgrade your hacking unit, Porna. Porna, yep. yep. And Honor System, it gives you an add-on sort of like hardware firmware package that will allow you not necessarily to hack things, but to interface with them. So a little bit more like R2-D2. So don't think of it so much as hacking as more of a electronic battle of wits. So whereas Ryan's thing is more of a, a code hacking piece, this is more you trying to use your intelligence and your sort of force of will to overpower the AI or what have you that is in the system you're trying to penetrate. So to use like an idiot, I know the very little about hacking metaphor. I'd be going for back doors and he'd be brute forcing in terms of hack. Yeah, essentially. Or in, in sort of skill check terms from D&D, you're going for intelligence. He's going for wisdom. Nice. So it's just kind of a, I'm going to exert my will on this system. You're actually opening the code and going like, oh, if I remove this comma, then I can fuck the whole system. Dare we make a reference to the past version? He's butthole and I'm Quinny and we're both quote unquote picking a lock. Oh. <laughs> yep. That is exactly true. <laughs> Alan is still out. Yeah. <laughs> As it should yeah. be. So Bourbon Sherbert comes out looking like an Ed Hardy shirt. He's got like flames on him. There's like a weird, like culturally insensitive tiger drawing that you're not quite sure what it's been a appropriated from but you know it's been appropriated from something and it just reeks of axe body spray no <laughs> oh yes fuckos <laughs> who is ready to get some pussy yeah i am sorry that is what tiffany's i've pal talks like she you know seems what? to find it very funny we're all okay. just gonna have to get used to this so i'm channeling someone who finds that funny this uh, really informs your performance doesn't well, it Alan? It, it, it might change some things. If it makes you feel any better, you did explode her head. Okay. I've been thinking about <laughs> it. Technically, you killed both of the Rathburns. So if you need like a badass middle name or like a nickname or something, no, no, I think we can no, call you no, no, Rathbane. No, no, no. <laughs> Alan no, Rathbane. No, Yo, bro, that is an awesome name. <laughs> I think you should use it. You could put it on your CrossFit badge. 
<laughs> Bourbon, you're you're still great. If I hit you, I'm sorry. It's not that personal. That is okay. This is disgusting. But also, it is so nice to meet a celebrity. I watched him on The Real World with Tiffany Rathburn. Her season was bananas. So, system, knowing you've got to take out a droid on the perimeter, do you want me to bring, like, a gun that I can throw away to try to assist you on taking one out? Yo, bro, I lift all sorts of guns. So, yeah, sure, that'd be great. You help me, I help you. You scratch my back, I scratch yours. I don't want any help on this. Got it. Thank you, sir. <laughs> well, now I am Bourbon Sherbert, the self-loathing Bourbon. <laughs> Let us get this over with. Listen, we all think you're pretty brave for doing this because I don't think it's a sacrifice that any of the rest of us could make. I will never get this smell out of my chassis. <laughs> we'll, we'll work on it when we get back. I've got that oil can. And you I can just leave them. me in a desert or rub me in shit. Either would be preferable. <laughs> I'm sure we could take a shit in the desert. All right. So, Alan, do you know a place where System could try to ambush some of the perimeter robots? Yeah, let me just think. I mean, the entrance, definitely not. There'll be a loading bay where people are going in. There's probably there's probably like a separate entrance for yeah. the help, basically. Cleaning staff and stuff where there might be one person. Sure, yeah. There's definitely sort of a service entry, but think of it more as the way pilots and flight crew get on an airplane. Mm. The security is still present, but Mm -hmm. it is more relaxed because they're looking at people who've already been pre-cleared and all that sort of stuff. So definitely security there. You also know that there's sort of like one grand entrance and then there's two sort of side entrances for spillover. You know that these side entrances are close enough to the loading dock and the service entrance that if additional support was needed, there's a few people you suspect will be kind of floating back and forth. Mm. So you might be able to get someone on their way to and from. They're not within eyesight mm-hmm. of each other. They're kind of around a corner. Oh, okay, great. Um, the actual venue itself, just for visual sake, is a massive floating octagon. So it's a huge, essentially artificial island that Typhus has commissioned for this year's event uh, that will be hovering off the coast. So a massive bridge that leads up to it. So it's not like you have to take a boat or a jet or anything. People can walk up. There's sort of a grand promenade that has deactivated versions of older units sort of all the way up, lining both sides. The idea being sort of the overall theme is evolution. So the evolution of the product. So you can kind of see from the start kind of how the generations of Typhus technology have improved. Once you go up the Grand Promenade, I don't know if <laughs> I don't know if any of you have been to professional tennis, um, <laughs> but uh, usually it's one central arena with grounds around it. So there's a bunch of shit you can do without actually having to go in. There's food, there's drink, there's activities. That kind of stuff is all around the outside, and that's also something that plebs can take place in. Mm. Obviously, part of the corporatocracy that they've created is you have to constantly see the things you can't buy so that you work harder to buy them. Of course. So that's kind of the exterior. That's where the entrances are. That's where security is. Inside is kind of the showroom floor, which is kind of a nice giant central space. As we said, there's sort of the overlook Uh, essentially the corporate box where uh, he will be delivering a speech. That's the Pope mobiled up windows. The upper tier is sort of an observation ring. That's where all of the different corporations who have product there, they all have individual viewing boxes. The main Mm. trade floor is kind of where, where plebs can go. And there's also food and drink available inside as well as sort of a central stage for people who aren't Grace and Typhus to make announcements. So all that going to say that there are enough corners that if guards were moving from service entrance to front entrance, there's a spell where they're out of sight of one of the two of them. Okay. Perfect. All right. So step one, I guess we got to take honor system somewhere where he can take out whoever he needs. Uh, we we could just walk in through the front fucking door. So you guys ready to go? I'm uh, ready. Yeah, I got I'm my ready. Stuff. 
All right. Well, let's just press and hold X for fast travel. And... <laughs> This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Shopify. When we started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from our collective minds. But now we are selling some sick mugs. And it is so easy. All because we use Shopify. <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. It'll help you turn browsers into buyers because it has the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, which means curious people are more likely to buy from you. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. One of the big problems Shopify solved for us was international shipping. Our shipping prices, if people were outside of the U.S., were through the roof. But the moment we switched over to Shopify, we were able to choose where our orders were being fulfilled from in different places, which meant shipping could be cheap for all of our fans everywhere around the globe. So if you were even thinking about opening a store, sign up now for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dumdums, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dumdums now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dumdums. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B-S. If you open a store with Shopify, you're going to be hearing that sound a lot. No, no, your eyes don't deceive you. You are indeed in the presence of the beautiful, glorious Cormium Plantier of Dum Dums and Dragons. And yes, it is good to spend time with true greatness, is it not? Not like those Dum Dums and their heartwarming and hilarious adventures. No, better to spend time with someone like me, who is vain and self-absorbed. Of course, if you wanted to sink to their level, you could go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice, that's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E, and help support their adventures for as little as a dollar a month, which would gain you infinite access to our fans-only Discord, where you can talk to other fans about all the adventures the dum-dums are going on. You can add characters to our world. You can even create your own at the $25 level and get your name in the credits. But you don't want to do that. Wouldn't you rather stay here and listen to me talk about me? MechFest is nigh. It's about to open, and you can feel the excitement in the air. People are swarming in from all over, not just Narrow Frost, but all sorts of varying places. You're seeing large-scale hover vehicles arriving. It's the busiest you've ever seen, the port on the edge of, of Narrow Frost. You're pulling up in a grav limo. It's not quite as nice as the one that Bethany Rathburn was in. But it's pretty good, and you figured that for Tiffany's arrival, you would need something a little fancy. Mm -hmm. So as you're pulling up, you can see the kind of massive hover arena anchored by the sort of massive promenade. There's huge, huge, huge grav engines blasting under it to, to keep it afloat. And projected above it in holograms are the Typhus logo, various kind of Typhus products. Honor System, you see a samurai bot almost move through a kata. Mm -hmm. um, it's, mm -hmm. it's a sort of a classic image that they use in all their promotional material. But these holograms are several stories high. Like they're just absolutely massive. And if you were here or even up the coast, you would be able to see this spot. Right, okay. We're talking full spotlights going, and there's just a palpable air of excitement. It's a lot of light pollution. Yeah, there's Probably no birds in this world. <laughs> from surrounding communities. So you pull up 
and the limo gets you as close as it can. As soon as you do, just immediately, there's an orc just pressed up against the glass with a photographic eye, just immediately snapping photos. And he's pounding on the glass, and he's like, Tiffany, Tiffany, over here, Tiffany! Declan, you boot the door open, probably rougher than you need to. Oh, 100%, yes. <laughs> yeah. I can play the role of bodyguard for this portion as well. Like, we can take care of this rabble together. Yeah. So you guys kind of, like, force your way out. Bourbon Sherbert flies out first. And he's like, yo, what's up, bitches? And someone's like, look, it's Douchebot. <laughs> um, and they're like, Douchebot, over here. Do your trademark thing. And Bourbon Sherbert just kind of freezes for a second, not knowing what that is. And then he just goes... <laughs> assholes. <laughs> Yay, he did it. And then Bourbon kind of like <laughs> bobbles along uh, and then Tiffany, you step out. So, mm-hmm. Alan, what I need from you is what do you think Tiffany's stepping out onto the red carpet behavior is? Or how are you going to play it? I'm going to play it as above it all. Like we're talking aloof like this is aloof? this is a pain in my ass or this is just what happens like, when I step out of cars. This is just what happens but I also want to spot like a couple people and give them like a little wink random like oh, plebs. I see. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. It's so you're going like, like full Kardashian. Yeah. 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 It's like so there, there'll be people there'll be rumors like oh she's just like us but mm-hmm. oh isn't she amazing. Yeah this is like, perfect. Okay great. <laughs> so you step out and sure enough the crowd explodes. That's my favorite CEO. It's like <laughs> That's my favorite Kardashian, but everyone's just really into the control boards of these various systems. Yeah. Reverend Sherbert as douchebot is like going along and like robopropsing people. Um, <laughs> you get the sense that he's kind of your Rob Kardashian. Like no one really likes him, but like he's part of the package mm. deal. I don't know who you're talking about yeah. just because I have never watched That's fine. the Kardashians. Look, some of my shows. references are for people <laughs> listening. Kardashian sounds like a Star Trek race to me. So. <laughs> Very close. You make your way down, and yeah, sure enough, you're like throwing around cool glances, that sort of thing. And the, the crowd is really warm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in a lot of ways, everyone loves a comeback story. And so the fact that they still get to have their like favorite party girl slash reality TV show figure, but she's also now a CEO and it doesn't seem like it's going to be a train wreck is pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that brief spell where everyone's like, look, Lindsay Lohan's back. This is going to be awesome. She was so good early in her career. And then everyone's like, oh, no, she didn't, though. So it's kind of that vibe. Um, You're the year before the Canyons came out. Or honestly, in in modern parlance, like you're Robert Downey Jr. now. Everyone really liked you, but kind of wrote you off as a disaster. And now you're like like Robert Downey Jr. like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Uh, yeah. No, like Iron Man one. Oh, like no. oh, like oh, okay. Like you oh, sobered right. up, you disappeared for a long time, <laughs> and then you came back, and everyone's like, "Wait, he's still as fun and charming as we liked, but he isn't full of cocaine and sadness anymore." This is nice. I'm gonna give you one point of inspiration for for kind of reading the room and and bringing yourself out in uh, yay a way. I'm gonna need that later. Uh, meanwhile, uh, <laughs> honor system and Declan, you guys are definitely doing the classic. Yeah, it's great. You love that person. Fuck off. I have a job to do. Mm-hmm. Thing. Yeah. Um, keeping <laughs> just over like a din of people shouting and stuff like that. Tiffany, Tiffany, and because his honor system, he's just like he's keeping people away and stuff like that. But he's also like that is not Tiffany. That is not Tiffany. <laughs> just like <laughs> that's fucking amazing. <laughs> people just like what? Whatever. Like Tiffany. Uh, how about nice. you, Declan? What's your crowd control technique i feel like you hate people so much that this must be really terrible i hate everyone fucking here like it's just it's fucking assholes who want to like high five the person who's got a boot on their neck like everyone here is a dumb coward and like i'm keeping them back but if they come too close or they try to touch her, I'm just punching them square in the face. These people are all monsters to me. <laughs> Back These off, people. you fucking scumbags. <laughs> <laughs> so You're we're both human our fucking mouths. garbage. And they're like, oh. That is not Tiffany Rathbird. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you and I hate what you stand for. Yo, look at this fart knocker. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> oh, yeah. I never thought I'd say it, but he's better than you. <laughs> Bourbon Sherbert inside is like, 
That is the nicest thing anyone has ever said to me. Uh, finally, acceptance. Uh, and then he just like head smashes someone for no reason and keeps going. Um, so you had to park kind of at the base of the promenade. So you kind of have to make your way up the ramp. I mean, in Toronto, there literally is a ramp up to the Sky Dome like this, but it's much smaller. This is more like a Final Fantasy X, like lead up to a Blitzball arena, like just a massive, massive ramp. Tons of people going up, uh, mm-hmm. but no vehicle traffic allowed. All the vehicles are kept kind of back. So as you go, you can see the evolution of Typhus Tech kind of on both sides of you. It's interesting seeing, I think, particularly for you, Alan, and honestly, probably for you, Declan, as well. I don't know that you would have spent any time thinking about older units other than just seeing them. Both of you kind of having familiarity with Honor System now. It's like watching the the monkey to human line where you're Mm. like, oh, shit. Yeah, okay, I can see how this started to go. So the early bots, they almost looked more like mechs or in, I guess, Star Wars terms, a little bit like the droidica, like the roll up in that they were stocky and almost more of a weapons frame than a robot. But then you can see kind of as their bipedal tech gets better, they've got back jointed legs, but still kind of like larger gun arms. And then the next unit up actually has fully functioning legs and gimbaled arms and so on and so forth until eventually at the the top of the ramp, as the droids go, is the samurai unit that Honor System is. And Honor System, I think you kind of pause for a moment. Oh, definitely. What you realize is these aren't statues. These are deactivated, frozen It's corpses. Units. <laughs> In one way. Corpses, yes, who might still have on board yeah. personalities that are just frozen forever. In, in, yeah, they're in um, restraining bolt almost. Like, yeah, 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 kind of. The other things you see as you go, so there's the individual droids, but kind of interspersed between them are the mechs. So the early mechs were very much open body, almost um, the loader droids from Alien. So Like an exoskeleton? Yeah, so like the pilot was much more exposed. Um, How big are these? Are these like 10 feet, 12 feet? Or are we talking like 20? Give me that Gundam... Uh, vision. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't no. want that vision of Escaflone. Yeah, are, we, are we 40k titans? <laughs> yeah, they're no. just no, no, no. building uh, size. Uh, in 40k terms, they're dreadnoughts, so like roughly human size, just bigger. Yeah, so it's uh, got a person in it, but it's sort of like double length on everything. Smaller than a Metal Gear around the size of a 40k dreadnought. Like Titanfall? Titans? So like yeah, fi- yeah. yeah, Titanfall's a very good... Yeah. Like 15, 20 feet kind of thing? Uh, yeah, something like that. Cool. Uh, yeah, okay. in that a Thanks, human. Ryan. I, I know. I was like, I was looking at Lauren. I was like, she is not recognizing. I, I, I was just going to keep of rolling through metaphors. Maybe we got there eventually. But <laughs> yeah. yes, essentially big enough that a pilot can kind of sit comfortably in the central section while still being fully encased in armor and control weapons around them. Cool. The next level up is kind of closer to the Matrix, where the guns are a bit bigger, the the gimbals are a bit fat. Like you can tell that they're getting more and more mechanized. The next unit up from that is the first one to include armor. It almost looks like a medieval knight. Alan, you're actually kind of more Mm. comfortable with this, weirdly, because it's the first attempt at strapping armor to one of these things. And then the next one up from that is kind of closer to where we're actually at, which I guess would also be like Battletech Mech Warrior. That's the one I'm really thinking of. So a sort of a sleeker fuselage, large weapons on both arms. It doesn't have arms like a a human. There are little gripper arms, like a T-Rex kind of under Mm -hmm. the central chamber, but fundamentally cockpit, big, heavy legs. Gun arms. And then gun arms, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you see everything from like rail guns to rocket launchers to various other types of, of heavy pods, weaponry. et cetera. Yeah. I love shopping at missile pods, et cetera. <laughs> Declan, I think for you, 
you know of these, but basically I think the standing order to almost anyone would be if these show up, you leave. Yeah, I mean, also, I was like a covert black ops unit, so I'd never have been well, on the front but, fighting where mechs well, that's, are. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of what I mean, though. Like, and if one shows up, bug out, because there's no... Yeah, we'd have had to fuck up so critically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it could arrive. just stumbles through, like, you just, you got to go. There's, no, there's yeah. no hope here. And given that most of the wars in this time are fought by samurai droids and other war droids, it, like, 40K is actually kind of a useful metaphor for this. There's sort of the human infantry that's just there to kind of do the things that are a little more expendable and a little cheaper if humans just do it. The war droids do most of the fighting, and then the mechs are kind of a way for humans to fuck up droids. Yeah. Mm. Um, because a lot of the warfare, and I, I know it was a long time ago because this was from our first session, but a lot of the warfare is almost like corporate takeover, and it's yeah. kind of that awful perma-war situation yeah, where... Droids were the answer to people, and mechs are the answer to droids, and the next evolution will be whenever somebody comes up with something that tops mechs. Exactly, and honestly, and this is the, the dirty secret, mechs also allow rich assholes to get to party on the battlefield. Like, oh, okay. it, they're not exclusively there, but it's very much like having an officer commission where it's like, well, you get a horse and a sword, everyone else is on the ground with a stick. Little princelings. I'll send by. Wastrel son to go become yeah. a hero. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Getting into an impenetrable, like walking death fortress, being like, I was in the war. <laughs> yeah, you're <laughs> like, I, yeah. I'm the best fighter ever, said the guy who was trained his whole life to wear full body armor, fighting yeah, exactly. three guys well, who own a farm with a stick. Yeah, it's literally medieval knights. It's just like, you get to have armor and a horse, they get to have a farm and a, an infant child they want to protect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They get to have a family who'll be murdered if they don't fight. <laughs> yeah. Great. So, just to kind of set, set the tone for, for these things, also, there's, you know, pinion banners for typhus kind of flowing the wind honestly it's it's the kind of thing where the typhus logo is going to get shoved so far down everyone's throats at these things just because it's their party you arrive on the grounds so it's sort of a large ring that has built-in parks and like they've really done a tremendously good job of creating essentially an urban space around this kind of larger central piece. You can think of the main actual showroom floor of the event almost has like the gates of Jurassic Park, like that kind of slick, massive, kind of very classic look, but in steel, almost like the bottom layer of a pyramid. It's open air above, but from the outside, it's it both looks very good, but is also highly impenetrable so that the fucking plebs can't get in. So you're on the grounds. There's families. There's people of all shapes and sizes. There are, of course, a ton of people working who are completely ignored. Directly ahead of you is the central entrance. There are two side spillover entrances. The loading dock is to your left, which is west. We're going to say your south just for our visual sake. Okay. To your right, in the east, is the service entrance. So I'll sub-vocalize to uh, Honor System and Alan. Okay, looks like this crowd is kind of obsessed with Tiffany Honor System. Do you think you can take out a bot on your own so I can get Tiffany out of this fucking business? Yes. Wonderful. All right, Tiffany, how do you want to get into this fucking place? I assume we don't care about the plebeians terribly much. These fucking hanger-on assholes. We're just going into the front entrance, aren't we? Sounds good to me. So the two of you approach, and there's a line, but not for Tiffany Rathburn. Yeah. So immediately and kind of very harshly, the people around you are kind of shuffled into a separate space. You can tell the way this is organized, and this is horrible, but I literally just saw this in an airport, so I'm going to bring it into this world. There's basically a long line leading up to the entrance, but in front of that long line leading up to the entrance is kind of a small gap. That gap connects to the side roped off 
pathway. So basically, they can just fully stop traffic from the plebs to let famous people through first right. before reopening that gate and letting people through. So as soon as they see you're coming, they immediately block the flow, mm-hmm. and everyone's just so excited that you're nearby. There's like people with Deuce bought T-shirts. Like people are very excited about this. This is a real a real <laughs> chance to see some celebrities. It's a weird mix of like the Consumer Electronics Expo and like fucking WrestleMania. Like people <laughs> oh, are, are are super excited to see. It's the one chance a year where they can kind of see the CEOs in the flesh. So you're hustled up to the gate. You have the cane. Are you trying to fake an injury or are you just no, carrying I'm it just like a jaunty? Shit. Yeah, 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 super classy. <laughs> so you walk up and you're greeted by a woman with a clipboard who seems very on it. And she goes, Hello, Miss Rathburn. And Alan, you're shocked to see Annan, at least this ah. world's this world's Annan. She's wearing a typhus staff uniform, holding a clipboard, and uh, she says, uh, so uh, thank you so much for using the, the VIP entrance. Uh, we really appreciate that this is how you chose to, to enter, unlike last year where you just drove through. So I'm so sorry. I'm so glad you got the memo, and that's very good to hear. So welcome to MechFest. Of course, we will have to give you a quick scan. I have to ask, are there any illicit goods, drugs, or services within your cane? Um, there's some supportive structures within it, but no, nothing legal. So you're saying that the necessary pieces in a cane to make it a cane are within the cane? Absolutely. Can you roll me a deception check, please? So we'll do that on two, <laughs> two D6, um, and I'll give you a minus one for what your, I, what for your terrible explanation. What am I rolling? Like, uh, so nope. two, two D6 normal minus cane one. parts. Minus one? Yep, two D6 minus one. Fuck. <laughs> Four. Okay. Annan is looking at you highly suspiciously. And Alan, you get the sense that it probably has less to do with anything you specifically just said, more the fact that Tiffany is such an unknown quantity Mm -hmm. that her giving an incredibly banal explanation is highly suspicious. So Annan starts to reach for the cane when suddenly Bourbon Sherbert, who rolled a 12, burns by spraying bourbon (laughs) um, in a circle you're like, let's party down, security people, douchebot forever. And then he jets past them and immediately, like, they're like, oh, shit, it's douchebot. Go shut him down. Put a restraining bolt on him. And, like, security just takes off running. And Annan is like, I- I- I'm so sorry. Look, uh, come on in. I'm-, I'm very sorry. We might have to restrain your robot. You'll get it afterwards. Oh, we told you, no flask bots. And then she takes off after the robot as well, and you are able to enter. That said, Bourbon is now basically off the table. He has been theoretically captured. <laughs> um, you occasionally see him bobbing through the crowd, yelling things. Honestly, I, I'll yeah, let you. I'll let you get in for fine. free, but you, you've fine. lost Bourbon as an asset for this adventure. You so, can keep the cane. Bourbon had the ammo and my scope. So, um, gun out. Great fucking work getting through the fucking front. Everyone is like looking at the security guard who's yelling. I'm yelling it so vocally. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so Ryan, you're able to see security restraining bolt him and they take him off to kind of the confiscated goods room. And you see them kind of like drag his unconscious robo body in there and slam the door. So if you want to try and steal him, you can do that or you can try and steal a gun. Boss, fucking bullshit. He's got the hat shot rounds, though, so that's really useful. What do you think? I said vocalized, like, Alan, what, what the fuck do I do? Do you, do you need me? I don't know what the crowd's going to be like in here. I can make it through here by myself if you want to go get bourbon back. 
Or at least retrieve what's in bourbon. I'll do my best. All right. So we'll separate. I'll go to try Mm -hmm. to figure out a way I can get into the confiscated goods room. So smash cut back outside. Honor system. You are, I assume, walking the perimeter. And what kind of guard are you looking for? I am looking for a samurai bot. Mm -hmm. And I've decided to go west to the loading dock. Okay. Because I feel like service entrance would have too much coming and going. Whereas loading and dock, it's just things being put in there. Gotcha. Hopefully, it would also provide good cover, crates, things like that. Yeah. So you arrive, and there's definitely a massive grav lifter that's kind of pulled up. Think like a large-scale truck Mm -hmm. has pulled up to the loading dock. There are boxes and crates everywhere, so it's a very cover-rich environment. Mm. And you can see that there's a bit of uh, kerfuffle going on. There's a crew chief who's yelling to a point where his voice is getting hoarse and uh, kind of gesticulating wildly and trying to, to point to things. And just from a quick kind of look, given that the event starts shortly, there's still a ton of stuff on the dock. Can I get a little closer and see what that crew chief is yelling about and who he's yelling to? Uh, yeah, absolutely. They're not really paying attention to anyone else uh, right now. You can tell there's kind of a delineated line. Think like a police line, but with lasers. Are there a lot of laborers, like workers moving yeah. cargo? Yep, there's movers. There's a few mover bots. But again, looking at it, there's not a lot. Hmm. And basically, as long as you're beyond this laser line, they don't really care. They have lots of people gawking at them. There's people with kids, and the kids are like pointing at the truck and mm-hmm. being excited about that. So you walk up, and you can see a human he's he's kind of a danny devito type okay you can tell that he's wearing a suit but there are coveralls kind of pulled up over the suit and he's like i'm supposed to be in there making sure they all work instead i'm out here trying to make sure you get what we need in there because you're all real fucking stupid and i'm done with it and he just like stomps around a little bit he's like he's angry enough that he has to stomp in a circle um <laughs> adorable and um you can see there's sort of all manner of people uh, kind of be like oh, we know sir there's just, there's just aren't enough bots uh and they're kind of like dragging the boxes and like trying to get them but you can tell everything's very heavy and kind of awkward and he's like if we don't get the 210 up and running there'll be hell to pay and they continue to kind of like drag bits and pieces in so who who is he yelling at uh he's yelling at all the workers like he's, he's yelling at his own workers yes yeah yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. so you get the sense from the scene that this is a man who if life had treated him slightly better <laughs> would be inside wearing his nice suit probably having free drinks observing kind of the last finishing touches of whatever is being shipped mm. but instead most of it's still on the dock So he's had to kind of like roll up his sleeves and get out there. And so he's doing that, you know, evergreen managerial tactic of just screaming himself hoarse in the hopes that that will somehow make his overworked crew move faster. I see. Um, If he's yelling and shouting and drawing all this attention to himself, can I move further down the line from him and try to cross over or under this laser line? Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's safe to say there are enough places that you could do that safely-ish. Mm. In Hitman terms, though, this is moving from kind of like a safe area into a, <laughs> right. a trespassing area. Yeah. But yes, that, that's easy enough. Because <laughs> you're a samurai bot in a tuxedo. Because I'm trespassing. <laughs> well, and there's there's also like there's no alarm on these laser yeah. lines. They're, they're literally just like those airport zip oh, okay. things just in the future. They're with lasers, Ooh. like holograms. It's like, ooh, do not pass. And then you do, and it's like, oh, well, we try. We ask politely. It's like less enforcing than the old version. <laughs> I mean, they're used to genetics and shit. Who knows? Sure. Uh, cool. So, yeah, can you roll me a stealth check, please? And I'll give you a plus one for the distraction that's going on. Nice. <laughs> so with the plus one you awarded me and the two D6 that I rolled, that's a total of three. That's a crit fail from according to our double one rules, Tom. And snake eyes. 
That is a crit fail. Yeah, yeah it was. Okay, so um, you step through, and it turns out there is an alarm. Uh, <laughs> I, knock a, I knock a bunch of shit over. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a in, kid's like, "Look at that robot there. He's wearing a tuxedo." <laughs> um, so immediately, an alarm goes off, and you can see the crew chief immediately kind of turn to look. You have a split second to do something. What do you do? Um, I raise my hand and say. <laughs> I also need to get inside. I will help you move the boxes. A robot in a tuxedo? Well, now I've seen everything. What, what are you doing? At, wait, are you one of the presenter bots? I am not. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this episode of Dum Dums and Dragons 2099 features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, and our DM Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra. The system we're playing is called Stars Without Number, and Dum Dums and Dragons artwork is by Del Borovic, who can be found at delborovic.com. Our theme songs are Core Collapse and Sanctuary of the Sky Gods by Nathaniel Yaverne, and our ad music is No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, all available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice, or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Now I'm off to do future things before we return for the next episode of... Dum Dums and Dragons, 2099. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, Jason Denson, James Quayar, DM Rob, Christopher Little, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Hi folks. Let me see if I can sum up Midnight Burger in about 25 seconds. Really, big monster? Zero irony. Pardon me, Gloria. Might my husband and I have a word? The radio is talking to me. So this is how it ends. Eaten by wolves in space. There's a pocket dimension in the deep freeze. This is the stupidest dystopia we've ever been to. What the hell is that? Because you're having a cigarette? In 415 million BC? Where are we? Space? Can you narrow that down? The bad part? Ava. Yeah, that didn't work at all. At the nexus of all things, there is a diner. Look for Midnight Burger on your favorite podcasting app or just go to weopenat6.com.